Welcome to Game Time with Zach and John Mayer. My name is Zach Brown, co-host about John Mayer Wilson. And today the name of the game is The Send-Off. We'll be talking about the WNBA All-Star Game. And it was kind of recap and talk about the season thus far. You know, talk about some of the biggest surprises, disappointments, some possible award candidates thus far, and then we'll do a buy or sell game again. So Jameer, I think before we start, we should acknowledge the fact that Candace Parker got the 2K, NBA 2K 2022, or NBA 2K 22, excuse me, cover for the GameStop edition, which is pretty dope. Congratulations. Um, that is that is major. First and foremost, I think that that is a major accomplishment. I tweeted earlier, uh, if I, don't, I don't remember if it was today or yesterday, but I tweeted saying that I definitely wanted to see a WNBA player on the cover. Like even on the main cover, I would have I wouldn't have minded seeing a, a WNBA player. Candace Parker, that's a huge honor. I think that she's a great fit for the cover because she's been such a great player. I feel like there are many, many players worth are uh, worth that honor or worthy of that honor. Uh, but for you know, for Candace Parker, who's done so much for the game, for for the women, the women's game, and for the game in general, I think that she's the perfect fit, and I'm very happy for her. And uh, to see her accept the honor so gracefully and with such class, I think it just shows and you know proved just how much she deserved it. Word, I feel that. Uh, I think I should note too that that cover was mad fire. <laughs> like it was. If I didn't get the digital version of 2K every year, I'd get the GameStop edition for that cover. In all honesty. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, speaking of 2K, uh, Game Time 2K stream coming soon. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be funny. Uh, that would be funny. We do. We be tearing it up in the rec though. I'm not going front. No cap. That rec squad different. Catch me, uh, OG twenty-five thousand BC. <laughs> Mafia, baby. Yes, sir. Check the stats. I think I think it would be good also to acknowledge. I guess since we're on that topic, uh, to acknowledge the other individuals who who got the cover today. Uh, Luka Doncic got the main cover. Congratulations to him. He is also a very deserving uh, individual. He's a superstar. He's proven time and time again that he's a superstar and that uh, gracing that cover is just another mark on his resume and on his future in the NBA and showing just the longevity and just the, the, the power, the powerful player that he is. And then uh, for the Legends edition, uh, I don't necessarily know why we saw KD again. I mean, I, I, I don't know That's why. Third time. That's the third time. Yeah, KD's on the KD's on a legend edition because it's him. Yeah. It's him, Kareem, and Dirk. And I understand Kareem. I most like I under, I most certainly understand Kareem and Dirk. But KD for like a legend edition, it's cool and all, but. I don't know why. Like, he's a current player. 
Like, he was tearing it up, but, you know, he was dealing with injuries and stuff like that. And, like, I don't know. I don't understand why they did that. I don't know. I honestly think it could just be – it depends on when they choose this covering shit. Like, you know, they chose it after his historic game five, then, you know, that probably would make sense why they're like, all right, let's just throw KD on there because everyone's going to, you know, like KD's a goat, blah, blah, blah. But I don't get it either. Dude was on there twice already. I think it was yeah. 2K13. And then 2K14, I think he was the 2K13, he shared it with Blake and Derek Rose. Right. And 14, he was just like the sole cover athlete. Right. I didn't yeah. need a third KD cover, I don't think. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's whatever. At the end of the day, like it doesn't matter for real. But it's still cool, I guess. I think, nice else. Yeah, I think it would have been nice to either replace him with someone else or put uh put or just like leave Dirk and Kareem on there or just leave Dirk on there. Right. I mean, you don't need or or Kareem. Like you don't need all three of those guys, but you know, it's cool to have them. Thanks. But yeah, it's, you don't need them all. Right. Why don't we get into the All-Star game, which was actually quite an entertaining game. They played defense, which is All-Star games. I, they, don't, don't really, they don't normally play defense, but every time they do, it makes for a great game. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, so what are some of your thoughts from today's game and the format in general? I was a little iffy on the format at first, to be quite honest with you, just because, I don't know. I, I, it, it felt as if the WNBA team and team USA. I don't know. It just felt like they were thrown together. I don't know. I I don't, I can't explain it exactly, but I feel like they were thrown, like they were all just thrown in there as opposed to a better criteria in a way. Like I think, and, and we can get into this, but ultimately I think it was a very competitive game and it was really good. Uh, it's a good it's a good idea, but I like the draft idea better in terms of other sports. Like we've seen it in football, we've seen it in basketball, and uh, like in in the NBA where there's a, a draft. And I think also uh, a draft format would be more helpful in terms of uh, in terms of revenue and t- in terms of helping people get to know the players better. Mm-hmm. Like having captains and then having people select different players. I think it's just, it, it's, it's better. I think it would have been better for the women's game in that sense. And I mean, yeah. it makes sense that they did team USA this year because, you know, they, they are about to leave and it's the summer and stuff like that, which is cool, I guess. But you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a weird format to me uh what, what were your thoughts on it um i agree i wasn't a huge fan of the format at first the game played out well so you know shout out to the decision makers they did the right thing based on the way things played out but i mean my thing was just like with the all-star voting what was the point of having the olympians on the ballot if they're already gonna be in there because the olympians were decided before the ballot even came out exactly so that was like, confusing I'm just over here. That just made me wonder why these people were on the ballot in the first place. You should just took them off and just allow people to vote for everyone else. 
because a lot of the Olympians are like, like you're saying, getting to know the players from, cause we all know like people who don't even watch be voting. Like it, it, like the NBA example, you have Zaza Pachulia getting votes. Like, you know, they just know him cause he's on, they knew him cause he was on the Warriors and things like that. So to put the name, to put the, for lack of a better term, the name brand players who are already locked into, locked into the event on the ballot kind of took away from, you know, other players who may not have that same name recognition because people look at the ballot and be like, oh, I don't see Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart, but I don't know who, I don't know who uh, Dierica Hanvey is. Let me go look her up. You know what I mean? So that, I feel like that was kind of a, a misstep in their process. And, but in terms of like other people make, not making it because of, because of the Olympic format, I mean, the only person who I feel like made it and shouldn't have for real, for real, was Diana Taurasi, but that's only because she's been hurt for most of the season. So that, you know, obviously she wouldn't have made an all-star game in regular voting format due to the fact that she barely played. But yeah, it was cool seeing Benaj Laney and Satsu Sabali, though, get, get in there. You know, those are two players I've been enjoying watching the last couple of seasons. So yeah, that was cool. I think it worked out well. It was a great game. Enrique went crazy because <laughs> he got the MVP. Jameer over here gets the the winning team, the, the game MVP, and the three-point shootout MVP or winner. So, yeah, he got that. <laughs> I definitely was wrong on 03, but whatever. If Luka – I'll just go back to the to the NBA season, and I think if Luka Doncic didn't fold in that uh, that skills competition, <laughs> I would I would be perfect in my, my all-star game predictions for the year, and I would be, I would be on top of the world. But you know, things happen. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a great game, and also the three point shootout didn't disappoint me at all either. They were lighting it up for real. That definitely was a great three point shootout. That was probably better. That was that was better than the NBA one. I'm not gonna hold you. That, that was more entertaining than the NBA three point shootout. It was. They were knocking that thing down. Mm-hmm. Ali Quigley started going crazy, bro. <laughs> Quill Jones came out the gate. Where she put yeah. on the immediately. I said, "Oh my goodness! I need, I need, uh, I need her form in 2K." Facts. <laughs> we need to get her jump shot. My, 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 my water. <laughs> oh, cap! That thing is water. Stretch, bro. Huh? I said, I need that jumper on my stretch. You know what I'm working on right now? Yes, sir. <laughs> I, need, I that. need that. Yeah, that was a great game, though. Now we're going to be heading into an Olympic break. And the first game doesn't start until, I think, mid-August. I need to check the exact date. But it's about mid-August when the games start again. So, you know, going to be quite a while before we get to see some WNBA action. But, you know, we'll be ready. Ready to talk about it when the time yes, comes. Sir. You know it. But... With that being said, and looking back on the first half of the season now being completed, what are some big, what is a big surprise and a big disappointment for you as a viewer? Uh, okay, so big disappointment for me so far is just, I'm not going to say a specific team, but I'm going to say injuries. Okay. Uh, injuries have been a big dis- disappointment for me so far because it has hampered the ability of different teams in the league. Like, for example, the Chicago Sky, the Phoenix Mercury in a way, the Mystics. It's hamstrung a lot of teams in the league. And, you know, you're, you're losing big names 
one of the biggest names is Elena Deladon. Uh, you, you haven't seen much of at all this season. And I was really looking forward to seeing the Mystics compete, especially the way uh, Tina Charles has been performing this season. Just the injuries, because I think without the injuries, we would be this league would be even more competitive than it already is. And I mean, when you look at the rankings, three teams stand out. And so I'm excited to see them. Uh, But one thing right away that I'm already very excited to see in the second half of the season is teams start to get healthier. Like next month when everything kicks back up, I'm expecting I'm expecting the Mystics to to get out and really get out running. And I'm expecting them to make make some serious noise, especially in a playoff race, even though uh, it's been it's been interesting so far. When I talk about surprise, uh, the biggest surprise to me has been the lackluster performance of the rookies. All the rookies that we heard about and this this really good draft class that we had pretty much faded. I mean, the Dallas Wings are, are overperforming, but, you know, Charlie Collier and the rest of that crew just haven't really been, you know, doing their thing, to be quite honest. You know, Enrique has been fantastic, and you know, hence the all-star performance. But, like, you know, it's, it's just – it's been very – a very weird year so far, to say the least, in terms of how the rookies have performed. Uh, what about you, Zach? What do you think some of the biggest disappointments – and you know the biggest surprises have been so far um well for you a surprise your surprise is disappointing and it was my disappointment which is the rookie class you guys you mentioned their advertisers you know having transformative talents and you know looking at the college numbers and the college games and the highlight too you know you can see that you know where people were getting that from but they enter the league and they've been I, I say mediocre, calling them their performance this far mediocre would be like nice. Like, you know, they've been underperforming beyond belief. Onion Ware on the Liberty is probably at this point rookie of the year, but her numbers are not impressive either. She had that one 30 point game, which was really good. And then, you know, like you mentioned too, with injuries, the Liberty have been like Sabrina Unescu has been in and out the lineup. She's been playing injured and then not playing has just been kind of inconsistent. So that doesn't help with a rookie forward trying to get, you know, get their place on the team. But nonetheless, she's shooting, you know, in the 30, 30s for field goal percentage, averaging like 9.8 points per game, I think. Not getting it together, but despite those lackluster numbers, she's probably the best rookie thus far. Charlie Collier, like you mentioned, has been extremely disappointing. You know, it's only her first year, so, you know, I'm not going to, you know, say she's a bust or anything, but. She's been playing really bad, lost her starting spot. And it's like been 20, she's played 20 games thus far. So it's not like she's like, you know, only played eight games, not getting her feet under, under herself. Like she's played 20 games, is not playing good. Um, just a lot of the rookies have just been unable to even crack their team's rotations. I think I believe it's Ari McDonald. Eric, I know last name's McDonald. I'm not sure if I pronounce her first name, but I think it's Ari McDonald. Like I know she's playing behind uh, Kennedy Carter and, Courtney Williams and all that, but still being unable, being a top five pick and not being able to crack the rotation 
is like, you know, it's weird no matter, you know, no matter what your team situation is. They picked you up that high for a reason because they expect you to come in and perform. And nonetheless, it hasn't happened for any of the rookies that were drafted. <laughs> now I was like sat here, I was like, I'm looking at the draft just to refresh my memory, and none of them have been have been making significant impacts on their teams for the most part. So yeah, that's my disappointment. Just expected better. Heard a lot about heard a lot about these players. Was hoping to see, you know get to know them better. Cause I don't watch the NCAA just because you know NCAA be goofy as hell. I just don't watch their games for real. Yeah, to see them WNBA and see them struggling, it's like all right, maybe next year I guess. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's my disappointment and my surprise, which connects to your disappointment with injuries. Is Tina Charles being on pace to crush the points per game record? Currently averaging twenty six point three. And 10 rebounds for what it's, you know, just just throw that out there, getting that nice double-double. And, I mean, yeah, she's scoring most – she's being forced to score at a record-breaking pace because her team has been, you know, ravaged by injuries. Like, Della Dawn's out. Natasha Cloud was out. I think she played one game before the break recent, you know, recently. Um, Aisha Hines-Allen is out, who had a breakout year last season. So that's three starters that they're missing, three high-level starters at that. So, you know, I just hope that they can get healthy and get a, make a run happen. Because had, like, the way things are going, just based on numbers, Tina, or, yeah, Tina Charles has the best numbers right now. She could, you know, potentially win MVP if her team gets a little healthy and they get, you know, they get the win-loss record that they need to get to that point. So, yeah, that's my biggest surprise. It's nice to see her again buckets. And we saw them play in person, the Mystics versus the Sun. And Tina Charles literally hitting, uh, you know, right hooks, the drop steps at the left, hitting threes in transition, just doing it all. She really is she a, was, she amazing was, talent. She was like that. For real. That was fun to watch her in person. Uh, yeah. Definitely want to go catch more Mystic games, you know, since I live out in Baltimore, I can get there kind of easily. But, yeah, so after the break, I'm going to try to catch a couple more games, see her do her thing. But, yeah. And in that context – I guess my surprise was a double down on disappointments. And I want to say my biggest surprise in terms of something that shocked me positively was the Connecticut Sun. Uh, The Connecticut Sun have been fantastic. Uh, They are, you know, we we knew that the Storm and the Aces were going to be 1A, 1B, pretty much regardless. But the the question was who in the rest of the field was going to be you know competing with them who was going to give them some competition the connecticut sun with uh john quill jones brianna jones dewana bonner and that crew uh they're dangerous they look really good for real and they're missing Alyssa thomas that's the crazy part like, right she, last year when john quill jones did not play in the bubble Lisa Thomas was hands down their best player, and they don't have her this year. No doubt. Because she tore her ACL in the um, bubble. Yeah, unfortunately, because they could they could have risen up and maybe, you know, compete. They, they can still compete for a title. Mm-hmm. But uh, just like when we when we went to go see that, that game, uh, one thing that I noticed between the Sun and the Mystics, uh, the Sun – look like a very well organized team and they look they look like they know what they're doing on the floor the chemistry is there uh, it's it's been like that all season so 
they're hanging right there with the Storm and the Aces, who are two really good teams, and the two, you know, defending conference champs. So it will, it we will see what the Sun will do ultimately, and where their season ends. But right now, it's looking like they can compete for a title, especially the way they've been performing as of late. So, yeah, I think I think that's my biggest surprise. And I think with that, I think we can transition to our next topic. So with the possible award candidates, what are you thinking? Um, the MVP race, I think, as you mentioned, mentioned the sun, I think it's John Paul Jones at this point. 21 points per game, 11.1 rebounds per game. He's hitting 54% of his shots from the field and then 43.7 from the three-point line. You know, so just – and she's, you know, a post player hitting the, hitting that – High clip of threes is just that's amazing. I seen someone tweet that she their her player comparison is Kevin Durant. If you know if you want to talk about NBA comparisons, that she definitely does give them KD vibes. Just doing it all. She plays a little more. She plays plays in the post a lot more due to the you know she is the team's center, so she has to play mm-hmm. to that archetype more, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you mentioned, the Sun are extremely they're overperforming in regards to. Uh, you know, your the standard projections pl- placed on them at the beginning of the year. And they're doing this without their second best player. So, yeah, that's my vote for MVP. I think that uh, I'm going to I'm gonna roll with you on that one. I think John Paul Jones is the clear MVP uh, favorite right now because I think any other player in that race, like Brianna Stewart, I think, is in that, arg- that, that discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Tina yeah, Charles was – huh? I said Brianna Jones second in my in my mind. Right. Uh, I think if Tina Charles was on a healthy team and was winning some games, yeah, I think Tina Charles would be there. Uh, I think a good player comparison though for John Quill Jones is a healthy is is a prime a Minnesota Kevin Love. Okay, I can see that. So I, I think that's a I think that's a much better comparison in terms of play style. Yeah, definitely is is a better one. I don't know. I just mentioned the KD thing. That was just interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think in that like yeah, but I yeah I think the the MVP race is clear right now, and. Unless John Quell Jones slips up or unless someone ascends into that race or, or really like does something crazy, I think it's John Quell's to lose right now. I'd agree. And for the next topic, what would you like to talk about, sir? Why don't we go with uh Let's go with six women of the year. I think Hamby might repeat at this point. I don't really see anyone else who was even worth mentioning in the race in, in comparison to her. Like she got an all-star placement as a bench player. Like what more should do you need to say? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of difficult. I mean, again, it's in, in the league that we're in, it's such a small league, the WNBA. 
So the likelihood of repeating is great. And especially when you are the cream of the crop, you're probably going to do something, you know, especially off the bench. Because it's, yeah, Derek, yeah, Derek and Hamby is looking like a clear six woman of the year once again. With no competition. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. That, that just, that that's just insane to me that yeah. you can dominate at that level to the point where you're just it's almost an assumption that you're going to win again. Like the player, the only reason why she's a bench player is because the player in front of her is literally the reigning MVP. <laughs> like otherwise she'd be a starter on many teams. Yes, sir. We we uh we transitioning into defensive player of the year. <clears throat> For that one, right now I think it's Sylvia Fowles. Oh no, no especially no. with Minnesota on the tear. And you know, Sylvia Fowles is averaging two blocks and two steals per game. Like that's amazing. I think she's at 1.9 blocks and yeah. two steals, but like same difference. You know, she's always in the right spot. Like, you know, seeing the all-star game, she was make disrupting a lot of shots in the paint. Any, any, anytime anyone came down there with her on the court, it just wasn't it just wasn't easy. I think she's got that locked down at this point, especially her team on a tear. And Minnesota's back in, you know, the media perception of Minnesota now is that they're back in the the championship race. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to give it give it to them yet. I'm still I'm low key salty to my girl Crystal Danger Crystal Dangerfield dirty by benching her, but I mean Lisa Clarence is is doing her thing, so it is what it is. But um, yeah, I think Sylvia Fowles is my MVP or excuse me, Defensive Player of the Year at this point. Yes. How about you? Yeah, Sylvia Fowles is is such a disruptive force on the defensive end, and has been the most consistent disruptive defensive force. Throughout the course of the year, uh, we also can even get into the rebounding. Sylvia Files is actually third in the league in rebounds right now with nine point eight a game. So, you, you know, you you crashing, you getting boards, uh, you are dominating. You're only behind Courtney Vandersloot in steals, and we, we already know about Courtney Vandersloot as a as a as a thief, uh, and usually you know, atop the ranks in that category. Uh, and then you have Brittany Griner, who's ahead of you in blocks. And Brittany Griner is dunking. So that doesn't really, you know, that, that says that says pretty much everything you need to know about what Syl- Sylvia Files is doing for her team. And as you said, Sylvia, you know, the, the, miss, the, the links are competing at a high level now. And they're starting to get on a little bit of a run here. We'll see what they do in the second half. I hope they continue to go to get on the up and up because they're they're fourth right now, and they're fourth by a couple games. So we'll see. But yes, it's it it's clear clearly and obviously Sylvia Foles right now. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else worth mentioning at this point for that. And obviously there's some players playing great defense, but like uh like you mentioned Brittany Griner. She's you know she's always in that conversation, but right. I think Sylvia Fowles has got there at this point. 
Yeah, in terms of in terms of impact, because the uh, the Phoenix Mercury, the Phoenix Mercury lead league in blocks as a team, and then when we talk about like the Aces, the Aces have a, a grand multitude of defenders, as we've already mentioned, like with Asia mm-hmm. Wilson, Liz Cambage is playing really well on a glass defensively. So, but in terms of a specific individual impacting the game it is very clear who that person is at this point. You know, let's transition to most improved player. Who do you have it for that? That is hard. That is very, very, very hard. Because I almost, because the thing is, I'm almost, like, I'm I'm hesitant. But I almost want to say Benazia Laney again. Which is weird to say because Benazia just won it, but the way that she's improved yet again, she's in that conversation. So it's uh, yeah, right now, right now, yeah, I would probably I would probably have to give it to either Courtney Williams of the Dream, who just made an All Star appearance. Or it would have to be Benazia Laney. It would be between the two, but if I'm if I have to pick one right now, it would be it would be uh, Benazia Laney because Benazia has taken another step and is moving into the elite now. I feel like, and at least in terms of being a scorer and just as an overall presence on the court, and has really shown me that. Uh, you know, Sabrina Unescu hasn't been healthy in things in things of that nature. Hasn't and and so Benazia has stepped up a lot and you know carried the slack a lot of times when she wasn't on the floor. Uh they're they're number six right now. The Liberty as a team are number six, but that that's only by like but a half a game. So uh, they would be in the playoffs today, even without Sabrina Unesco, a player as impactful and as as dynamic as Sabrina Unesco, because of a Benazia Laney dropping the numbers that she's dropping, posting closer to twenty points a game at this point. So, yeah, I would say Benazia Laney right now. Okay. The Which, most improved one and most improved player award is probably the hardest one. To predict at this point, you mentioned Laney, you mentioned Courtney Williams. Brianna Jones is another person who might be in that race, who I think is in that race. And uh, Satsu Savli's also, you know, went, became an all star this year in her second season. So she's definitely improved as well. But, you know, I think I'm going to have to agree with you with the Laney, with Laney simply because. Yeah, she got it last year. But the thing that you mentioned too is she went from good to now being one of the great players. Like she's a player that's, you know, a, t- a team teams would want to add to build around at this point. Mm-hmm. She's just solidified herself. Like yeah, it was her first all-star game, but she's solidified herself where you know it's not like gonna be her last at this point. Like she's entered a different realm, different stratosphere. So I think with that, you know, just that growth as a 
as an all-around player and as a her presence is a big thing because you know it's not like she just got extra minutes extra opportunity like, this is like growth this is similar opportunity she got she had last season and she's grown upon that similar opportunity especially even now playing with a team that's just completely again with injuries Sabrina Nescu being out and Natasha Howard that's a big they've missed her for basically the whole season I think she played probably like three three or four games before she got hurt again. So just missing two big time players who have all-star potential, all-star ability. And then she's, you know, kind of carrying this this Liberty team to, you know, the playoffs at this point with a cameo from Sabrina Unescu every, every like fourth game. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, she's become a, a big time player at this point. I think knowing that and getting that, just having that status Go, going from you no know, again, going from good to great is honestly what I think is what will get her this trophy for the second year straight, which is pretty dope. But again, this is the one. This is the probably the tightest race in my mind in terms of the major awards. Everything else is I feel like you can kind of just you kind of know this one is a tight one, but I'd, I'd give it to Laney at this point. And then why don't we jump to Rookie of the Year? With this, oh my <laughs> god! It's just like I don't know. It's like everyone's scared of that trophy, bro. So who you got, Zach? Who I got? Yeah, I got Onion Wary. Um, yeah, they've not been impressive as a class, but she's at least she's at least a rotation player, right? I think at this point that is the best anyone can say. She's a, a starter. She's a starter. Right. I don't think no one else in the class can has that claim. Everyone else has either lost their starting job or struggled to crack the rotation or is kind of buried on the bench. Right. So I think she kind of got it off the fact that she's able to actually be on the court for more than 25 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to have to roll with that, unfortunately. Because, I mean, the thing is, it's like, it's, it's no one, there's no one else. It's, it's, it's like with the it's the same thing with the six woman award. It's no one else. Uh, it it, it kind of I don't know I don't know like where like, I'm just trying to figure out where everybody disappeared off to like what's going on. Nobody is nobody can stick in the rotation. A lot of the teams hardly use their rookies. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's definitely. Very interesting to watch. And hopefully in the second half, we can start to get some more explosion from this draft class. That's been very quiet thus far. Yeah, I mean, no, they're going to take that month off and definitely put in some work. So hopefully we'll see some some growth because it's just been like – it's like we've mentioned it time and time again in this episode, but it really is that it's just crazy how we've gotten no pulse from this class, especially with the hype that was surrounding it. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I think I'm done harping on <laughs> the disappointment. But why don't we just jump to coach of the year for the last award? Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. sir. I am going to have to roll. With the sun with, with with the sun head coach because I believe they've done a fantastic job. 
I think that they have been fantastic throughout this entire the entire course of the year. They've been one of the most consistent teams. I think when you look at their the way that their bench has played, the way that John Quill Jones has performed without Alyssa Thomas, it's been it's been great. So Kurt Miller is my coach of the year, no doubt. It's not even because like also like you could argue you could argue other coaches and stuff like that in terms of like the aces and you know the the storm because they've played really well but like no team like no team has overperformed in the way that the sun i feel like have because you go you know you got you got noel quinn for the storm and you know like yeah, it just I think she's a great coach and I think she has them playing really well as the number one seed right now. They could be a championship contender. They look like a championship contender, but they're not overperforming because that's what we expected. Bill Lambeer with the Aces, we expected that. Sure, I can coach I can coach the Aces, bro. <laughs> Go hold you. That's what I'm <laughs> saying, like, like yeah, Noah Quinn and uh Bill Lambeer, I, I think, I guess we'll get honorable mention, but I think Kurt Miller clearly is coach of the year right now. Okay. What about um, you? For me, I think Noel Quinn is the choice at this, to- this point in time. Because um, the Ace, excuse me, the Storm lost to Tasha Howard, who's a big, big, big part of their dynasty. They lost to Tasha Howard. And they didn't replace Natasha Howard like, you know, an equal uh, – a player of equal caliber. They, they had to continue on without Natasha Howard. And Noel Quinn did kind of pick up the helm – pick up – yeah, pick up the helm in the middle of the season. So I think that's also something to – and she picked it up and they what, picked it right where they left off. If, if so, if not, they might have started playing a little better, I think, actually. And um, Jewel Lloyd has grown tremendously under Noel Quinn – and I think the team is just, you know, Brown Stewart is Brown Stewart, and Sue Bird's always consistent. But I think, you know, pick up the helm on the middle, in the middle of the season, and helping the team, in my, in my opinion, play a little better than they were beforehand, before the coaching switch. And again, knowing knowing that they lost Natasha Howard and all that adds up to Noel Quinn getting Coach of the Year, because they're they have the best record in the league despite having a lesser team on paper than they did the year before. And they won the championship the year before. <laughs> so, and they're still, they won the championship, lost a big reason why they won the championship, and they're still the best team. You know, that just says a lot about, you know, the person calling the shots. So, yeah, I think that's my choice for the Coach of the Year award. But I do, I do get what you're saying, though, with Kurt Miller leading, you know, the son, the surprising son to where they're at now. That definitely is something I was considering, but I just think I just think that uh, the Aces got it right now. Or excuse me, the Storm coach, Noel Quinn, got it right now. So we're, why don't we transition to our buy or sell? What's your what's your first question? Why don't we just do two today? Oh, sounds good to me. My first question is easy. I asked you this question earlier, and I'm gonna ask you again since you've now had 
several games of of basketball to digest and to watch them perform. The Dallas Wings are currently ranked ninth with a nine and twelve record. Uh, they're a couple games behind the Mystics, and for that AFC. So, do you believe this young Wings team can flip a switch in the second half and pull in and secure a playoff spot? I'm going to say I'm going to sell and say no simply because the team's ahead of them. Because the only reason the only reason why the Mystic are this low is because of health. Otherwise, they'd be guaranteed top five, might be top three. They could, I mean, the top three teams, they're 14, 14 and six, 15 and six, 16 and five. If the Mystics were healthy, they'd be in that range. So I just think the second they get back one, one quality starter, because, you know, when we went, we see, and they're just missing. They just don't have enough starters on the, you know, available at the moment. In fact, that's the fact of the matter. But I think the second Mystics get another player back, Dallas is going to have to settle for a lottery pick again. So I'm going to sell on that one. Um, you want to do your second question, or should I just do my first one? Hit me with your first one, Zach. Let me, let me see what you got. Okay. All right. So to buy or sell, the New York Liberty are going to – Hold on and make the playoffs despite their uh, lack of health. Uh, uh, I'm going to buy it. And here's why I'm going to buy it. Because the key read, the, the, the thing that you said right before you asked the question was lack of health. They are ba- they're basically a half game out of the fifth seed. Uh, because, I th- you know, the top four are basically like there's a top three i would say if i was describing the standings to someone i would say you have your cream of the crop which is the storm the aces and the sun you have the lynx who are a shit who's like a tier below them and then you have teams below them uh and the Liberty, I think, will hold on to a spot because I agree with you. I think that they're better than the Wings and the Mercury, to be quite honest, at full strength. I think at full strength, they are going to get in. Uh, now, will they be a six seed? That is the, that is the real question here. But... Uh, because I think once the Mystics do get healthy, as you said, I believe they could ultimately wind up as a fifth seed, most likely. And I think Chicago is better than New York a little bit, is a little better. So yeah. I think they will probably wind up seven or eight, but I do believe they will find their way in the playoffs. I don't think Sabrina Ionescu will let them miss the playoffs either. Uh, okay, so for my second question, buy or sell? Does Tina Charles finish what she has started 
and break the point per game record. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, assuming they get one player back, one starter back, her numbers will go down to a degree. But at this point, they're not going to be. It's a lot to just shake, completely shake up the system right away. There would be a, a a gradual breaking in of whoever comes back. You know, whether it's Della Don or Hines Allen comes back, you have to gradually break them in. And especially with just like with, it's not more. It's not about the starters or the stars necessarily trying to get their rhythm. You want to make sure the role players are able to continue, you know, playing well, playing playing well in the system. So I think it'll be a gradual transition back to a more equal offensive approach. Then with that, I think Tina Charles will still be able to continue her hot streak. And she's just been like, you know, she's probably she's charged up at this point. Like she goes out there and gets her quick her quick 30 piece and, you know, win or, win or lose, she's going to she's liable to get a 30 piece. And I think she'll continue that. I don't know if she'll keep up 26.3. That like completely breaks the record, which is 25.1, if I remember correctly, by Diana Taurasi. But I think she can at least manage to, by, by the end of the year, keep an average over 25.1. I do think she's going to break the record. I think she'll probably go down like 25.8. That's my that's my prediction for her end, 25.8. But yeah, she got it. It's, she's about to be the new scoring, the new queen of scoring in WNBA, where I guess we, just, we can transition to my last question here. So buy or sell the Connecticut Sun make the finals? Ah, that's a tough, tough, tough question. Uh, my answer, hmm, it's kind of like a half buy, half sell kind of deal. I feel I'm buying it if they have to, if they play the storm, I'd buy it. If they're playing the aces, I'm selling. But uh, it just, it just to come, it just comes down to matchup. Uh, and on the current pace that they're on, they would be set to play the aces. Mm-hmm. So I guess in that sense, I'm gonna sell on this one. I think they're great, but I just think that the front court that the Aces present and just the overall talent that the Aces have would overwhelm the Connecticut Sun, who are really well organized. Yeah, I feel that. That's a great way to look at it. (laughs) Because, like, if they run to the Aces, I mean, the Aces are just the odds-on favorite. They're just way too talented. Like, like Warriors-type shit. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's 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 nuts to think about mm. just how how stacked they are as a team. This Cambage didn't she have the second highest scoring season ever in w, WNBA history? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. So and she's not you know she's not even the number one option on this team. She's like second, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, you know Cambage, Chelsea Gray, Derrica Hanvey, Angel Wilson. And then they have Angel McCautry's on the roster. She just tore her ACL at the beginning of the year, so right. Um, and and Liz Cambage is 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 top three in blocks right now. So mm-hmm. that just tells you it tells you all you need to know. Yeah. The only thing the Aces is for whatever reason Bill Lambier hates three point shots, and no one on the team like ever gets a chance to shoot one. <laughs> I don't understand his disdain for three point shots. I mean, you know, he's one of them old dudes, and it's like I guess. I guess he's old, older basketball is how you're supposed to play. Just chuck up a bunch of mid ranges. 
he was a big man. Yeah, one of the bad boys. So I can, I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the one thing that, like, if they just start letting the aces players let them fly from three, I think they can they unlock a new level. I think they'd be a completely unbeatable because the fact that they lost six games is like, wow, why? How do you lose? How does that team lose six games at this point in time? But yeah, I don't know. I think that they're the odds on favorite. If the Sun play them, it's it's gonna be bad news. Yes, sir. Right. Anything else on your mind before we head head out of here? Uh, best of luck, Team USA. Uh, to the WNBA, great job. Uh, hope to hope to see an All Star game in person someday. It was a, it was a joy to watch. Honestly, it was it was good. It was good, ba- good basketball. Mm-hmm. That's facts. Yeah, that, forward to the return of the season. I believe it's August thirteenth. I'm not too sure. I know it's mid August. That's a fact. I know it starts on a Sunday. I just don't know which. So I just don't know which date it is. I think it's the second Sunday of the month. So if it's the Sunday. if it's the second. Because the first Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, the first Sunday is the first. So it might be the eighth. I'm not sure it's all right now. All right. So it's the eighth or the 15th. It's one of, the, it's one of those days then. Weird. I believe it's the 15th. Yeah, it's the 15th. It's a Sunday. I know it's a Sunday. I could have looked a couple of days ago. I was trying to figure out when to watch a game. <laughs> Weird. But yeah. So it's the 15th. So we got it. There we go. Figured it out. All right. Well, we'll be. We'll be tuning back in and talking more WNBA soon. Um, Are you going to get us out of here then? Yes, sir. And that's uh, that's a wrap for today's episode of Game Time. This is Jamir, co-hosted by Zach. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, as always. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Game Time at, at, at underscore podcast. Twitter at Game Time underscore Z&J, as well as Facebook at Game Time with Z&J to stay up to date on further content, to listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We can't wait to talk more basketball on Game Time.